note from my 21-year-old self. Now, today's letter writer is a man who could sell ice to the Eskimos. He's a man who has a deep and genuine love of advertising like this. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using ladies' scented body wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamonds. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. <laughs> Gotta say, I love that ad. Hello, Russell Howcroft. Civil. Thanks for having me in here. Or should I call you Civil. Rusty? I, I, um, I, I hear that you like being called Rusty. It's, it's something which has actually become more and more what I get called. Yeah, so it sort of started off with great friends, actually girlfriends when I was living in London started calling me Rusty. Uh, and then, yeah, over time, it's become something where more and more friends have started to call me that. And then, you know, the wider world. So, yeah, I, I like being called. I think Russell is a terrible name. Oh, really? I think it's a shocking name. Have you had words with your parents? I, absolutely, I have. And I, I even, <laughs> I've even fantasised, uh, you know, over the years that when I um, left Australia and moved to London for work, that I should, at that point, I, maybe I could have, you know, done a little bit of a twist with the name, you know. So anyway. What would I the didn't... twist have been? What would you have called yourself? I well, mean, um, I'm thinking, you know, um, Elton John going from Reginald Dwight. What well, would your no, name would have, have been? It wouldn't have been anything as, as interesting or creative as that. <laughs> I, I know that my family, that um, my father, his name was John, but he would be called Jack by the family. And his brother-in-law, they called him Jack. And my fa- and my grandfather, so his my dad's father-in-law, he was also Jack. They all used to call each other that. So... Maybe I could have just done that. Anyway, whatever. It's a, it's not a good name. And it's very interesting when you meet other Russells, which is rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you will say to them, shocking name, isn't it? And they all agree, they all go, yeah, it's a shocker. You know? Wow, it must have been a phase. Um, I don't do, even it, think it was a phase because in uh, at no point in my class at school was I with anyone else with the same name, as opposed to, say, my middle child, he's called Charlie. Charles, but known as Charlie. Now, he obviously was in a class with others with the same name. Who had or, Charlie as their name, yeah. Yeah, and my next one, he's called Louis, and there's there's other Louis, although that's a bit rarer. And then Claudia's the eldest. Um, there's not a lot of Claudia's, actually, and it's but that's a beautiful name. It is a beautiful name, yeah. Mm. I mean, Russell doesn't even have two L's on your name. Your dad just thought he'd be fancy and give you one L. Are you aware of that, are you, Well, <laughs> That's correct. He, my dad had a bit of an eye. Um, he was a good artist. And, he, and I said to him, you know, years ago, he's, he's no longer with us, but I asked him many years ago, How, what's all that about? And he said, it just looks better. And it actually does look better. So I get what he's saying there. He was an art director and an artist at heart, really. And, and he's essentially the man who got you into advertising. I mean, he did... He was a bit of a cartoonist. Yep. He was a businessman, yep. an artist, as you said. Yes. But then I think, was it in his mid-40s that he decided to give advertising a crack? Yeah, that's right. And then he thought, hey, son, you, you might like this as well and, and dragged yeah. you in. And Well, it was interesting. Um, and I suppose now that I'm a dad, I sort of understand more about, you know, maybe the process that my father went through um, in that he was working in the in an advertising agency and clearly he would have enjoyed it i'm sure he would have loved it because he's surrounded by creative people uh and he would have thought to himself oh i reckon russ would probably quite like this uh and i had a week's work experience that was organized by my father and at the end of the week 
they said, would you mind, we'd like you to stay. I was actually offered a job at the end of that week. So you didn't make just cups of tea. You actually did something, obviously. I, I, I did. And actually, I'll never forget that um, a man called David Chalk, who's probably been on the ABC a few times. He does a lot of work around trends in Australia. He was the head know of... Know the name, yeah. Yeah, he was the head of planning at McCann Erickson at the time. And actually on the Friday, so from I was there from Monday to Friday, on the Friday he had me standing in front of a client, I think it was L'Oreal from memory, um, presenting an idea that I had. And so, look, he's obviously being a good mentor, um, but equally I'd like to think that he wouldn't have asked me to show them it unless there was something worthwhile to say. So um, I suppose my father got it right in that I would enjoy advertising and I suppose have a bit of a natural how affinity. old were you when you um, uh, walked in that door? Probably for work 21. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, and then I hadn't finished my degree. Um, so I actually finished up doing the degree whilst also working full time, um, which I was much more suited to, actually. I wasn't a great university student. In fact, I didn't really like university, it was far too much downtime. <laughs> you know, it was... What's wrong with laying on the grass, Russell, <clears throat> and, and, and reading philosophy? And I know. I, I, I wasn't great at that and, uh, you know, it's not really a regret, but I didn't really dive into university life as perhaps others might. But you headed to the UK, you mentioned it, yeah. and um, gave advertising a real crack. Yes. Um, and in fact, you had a really successful account with Heineken. Did, True. <laughs> did that involve a lot of sampling products? It did. <laughs> um, well, it's very interesting. I got the job um, because they were looking for a young Australian uh, and the reason why they were looking for a young Australian was because they knew that they liked beer. And it was no more complicated than that. Um, I was I got very lucky. I had an interview at an agency which actually turned out to be, if not the best, top three in London. Um, they asked me to start the next day. So I started the next day and had the best time. You know, it, it was such a good period um, that it's almost like every other job I've benchmarked against that job, which is a bit unfair because... You're obviously you're in your twenties and you're on a beer account, and you're going around the UK doing trade visits, which is of course not really that. It's visiting pubs, um, and you know we went to the uh, beer festival on the company coin, and I went to the <laughs> south of France to shoot ads. And, that you sounds know, tough. You know, so exactly. So it's not really fair that I do use that as a bit of a benchmark for jobs because it was a bit of a killer job. So I mean. You peaked quite early. It's, it's, <laughs> Maybe. An, it's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, when you peak early in your career, there's, is that a challenge throughout your career to keep matching that moment? It's a, it's a bit like, you know, when performers have a high. Yes. And then after that, how do you recreate that high for yourself? Well, you know what, Sia I think that's a really interesting question. Uh, I absolutely was fast-tracked. Um, within the this world of London, they did. There was no reason for them to continuously, um, you know, give me more money and and give me better jobs. Which, but they did over a five year period, uh, and so it has it has been something that I've often reflected on. Um, well, a what would have happened if I'd stayed in the UK? There was no real reason um, other than family, really, that I left. Um, in a in a professional sense, maybe it would have been a good idea to hang around, but not really in a family sense, but professional sense. Um, yeah, so you're right. I, I do, especially when I was in the ad business, um, the the thing about the London job was we only ever made really good work. I mean, we I, we very rarely, if ever, 
went below seven and a half out of ten or eight out of ten for the for the creative work that we produced, and that of course is really hard to do. And um, and in this market, it's particularly hard to do. So yeah, you're right. I, I <laughs> you peak. <laughs> well, I, I hate to think that I peaked, but I did have a really f- um, uh, an experience with where everything else was benchmarked against it. That's actually true. On ABC Local Radio, this is the Sunday Sesh. I'm Sad Vilchenomish. You can call me Serpy. And I'm speaking to Russell Howcroft, Executive General Manager of the 10 Network and Chairman of Think TV. And you may also know him as ABC TV's The Gruen Transfer Panelist, which is about to hit our screens again very shortly. Yeah. Now, Russell... We're going to hear a letter from your 21-year-old self. But just before we get there, very quickly, you turned 50 last I year. I did. You had a bit of a Certainly. midlife crisis, didn't you? You went and bought a pie shop. My <laughs> wife says that it was a midlife crisis. I don't see that as a mid... Kate is on record saying oh, he had a midlife crisis. That's true. You should have what bought it like say? a red Corvette I, I, I or something. She, I think she said something like, I would have preferred him to have an affair, I think is what she said. Oh, I'm dear. Not, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, no, that's not really a midlife crisis. I've always I always had a, a dream of um, I wanted to own you know, the family to own a business. Uh, I wanted it to be a factory, and I was keen on the idea of it being food. So, um, you know, I suppose circumstances allowed me to do it and so yeah I did buy a factory it's true and maybe it was a midlife crisis but I'm not I don't regret it um it's fantastic I don't I don't really do anything there Kate and her sister Anna run it um it's called Casper's and they do a fantastic job it's growing and the product's beautiful so good luck to them eh? I mean, in your 20s, you sampled so much Heineken, as we heard Mm. are you sampling pies pies. now in your 50s? No, I'm not I'm not um you know, I unfortunately one of the things that's happened to me as I've got older is that onions have become a bit of an issue. Oh, you and I. Th- Are you the same? Yeah, fructose. Oh it's my nasty. goodness me! Right, so not all the pies have got onion, but quite a few of them do. Um, it, but the chicken tandoori pie doesn't, and that is awesome. So I'd be happy to have one of those. Okay, a lot. I will. I'll have one of those. Too <laughs> Give it then. a go. Okay, they really they are they're really really good. <laughs> well, let's hear this letter of yours. Oh, okay. What does what, what does your twenty one year old self have to say to yourself now? All right. So, um, Serpy, as I said to you before we cut on air, I actually took this quite seriously. So, um, I'm glad. You know, I mean, you could have fun with it, couldn't you? But I didn't. <laughs> so I said, um, so dear Russell. Uh, this is my 21-year-old self writing to me as a 50-year-old. Um, be sure you come to terms and be in touch with reality. Remember, everything is not always nice or okay. Not everyone forgives and forgets. Everything must be done with honour and integrity and honesty. Focus on reality and be re- be ruthless about reality. Ensure words and deeds are aligned. Ask the hard questions and do the stuff you don't want to do. Align all aspects in life and walk the talk. Step forward with courage, never look back. Don't attend to your dreams as the real opportunity will evaporate. Look at the cold hard facts of money in the home. You will fail with money because you don't focus on it. Think about it, focus on the here and now and don't seek out other opportunities. Wow. Okay, let's get to the... the bit where you first mentioned not everything is nice. Yeah. Why would a 21-year-old think not everything is nice? What happened to you? Yeah, it's, it isn't so much what happened to me, but I think it's important to 
tell, to, to know at 21 that sometimes um, behaviours have got alter- ulterior motives. And that is something certainly as a 21-year-old I was most definitely naive of. And I suppose I'm just you know, reminding myself now that that is the case. It is my, I, I suppose my, um, I do, I am, a tr- I am a trusting person. Yeah, and um, that's okay. I'm, I'm glad I am. Some of, some of us are genetically inclined to be like that, I think. That, that's yeah. my theory on it. Yeah. My, my father's like that, and yeah. he gets hurt time and time again, and I have to keep saying to him, people just take advantage because they know what you're well, like. Well, there's a lovely, there's a lovely sort of three words, um, assume good intent, and I think that that's definitely um, my way. Uh, but now I would say that it's I do assume good intent with a watchful eye. <laughs> That's sage advice. You also said you failed with money. No, 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 don't. No, it's like it's it's about here's how not to fail with money. Right. Yeah. So it's about concentrate on it's a, it because again I could I can not concentrate on those things. Yeah, because I'll be off doing the next thing, the next idea. So it's about don't don't do that. Focus. Focus. Yeah. Is it true? I mean, speaking of money, I read somewhere that um, you mentioned your lovely wife, Kate. Yes. That, that she's the one who actually runs the household. and She, she give, does. She gives you a bit of a, I don't know, like a little... <laughs> Stipend. A, a, a treat. <laughs> Here it's you go, Russell. Amount. Here's it's some pocket amount. money. It's the same amount of money now as it was 20 years ago as well. <laughs> so, Can you buy yeah. some mixed lollies? Yeah. So no, I do. I'd get uh, money goes into the ATM every month. Um, it is quite funny, isn't it? But as Kate reminded me when I talked about that, last time I talked about that, she said, yes, but you ignored the American Express bill, which... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, all I'm saying is, that, you know, focus on the small things because, you know, that does build a bigger thing. Uh, um, is this a letter that you'll you'll pass on to your children as they approach adulthood? Do you think this, that's this a nice thought? Yeah, it's a nice thought. I can um, I can see it being relevant for some of them. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say who or whom. Uh, it might be more than one, but yes, I think that there's you know it, there's it's just I think it's important to understand who you are. And know that within that there will be some weaknesses. Yeah, that's just the case, I think, you know, for all of us. So getting to know those things uh, and recognising them and then work. And and the reality is you've got to work hard to to, um, not let them be, you know, too strong, those weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd like to think that I've, well, certainly tried hard on that front anyway. And um, it, are you sort of directing your children? Well, directing is probably not a very good choice of words, but encouraging them in the same way that your father encouraged you. Do you have that sort of relationship with I, your children? I certainly hope so. Uh, they're all creative, and um, and they're all actually entrepreneurial in their own way, and uh, and they're all determined as well. And they're they're actually clever in different ways as well. They're not. Um, they're not, if you, they're not particularly traditionally clever, but um, that doesn't mean they're not smart. And I, I do think that they're all, you know, obviously we're all proud of our children, yeah. And um, I do I do absolutely encourage their creative pursuits. There's no question of that. Um, because I just think that that's a wonderful place to be 
and uh, you know you get a lot of joy in life and some people are very lucky in that they are able to create my daughter's a really terrific designer she's on her way in terms of graphic design and um, my next son down he's a beautiful musician and um, he can draw as well he's pretty good at that and then the next one down is actually going to potentially surprise us all I saw some art he did the other day it's terrific so you know what a great what a great skill yeah um, I'm not an artist so um, when I see you know my kids being able to do it I'm obviously not going to discourage that I think it's a great place to be and both on Kate's side of the family there's some terrific artists and on my side there is as well so who knows, maybe one of the three. One of the three or all three. Or maybe they'll all collaborate. That will be fantastic. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Of course, <laughs> you know. Why not? <laughs> the, the Partridge family. Mm. Um, Russell, I mentioned earlier that um, Grown Transfer is about to return to our screens. Are you getting it a bit excited about getting stuck into Todd Sampson in your usual trademark way? <laughs> Honestly. Uh, <laughs> it's None of this is deliberate, um, but, you know, Serpy, he can... He, He's a clever fellow. He's a very successful fellow, uh, and he's very determined as well. You know, so all credit, all credit to him. Um, he occasionally, you know, there's a there's a certain bleeding heart there that can drive me insane. But that's you know that's okay. It's interesting because people tend to <laughs> pigeonhole the two of you because you've yeah. developed this sort of persona because you've both been on the show since the inception in yep. uh, 2008. Um, and, you know, he's seen as that, that sort of wacky guy with that revolving door of T-shirts, I yeah. suppose, and you'll see more like the, the conservative guy. Yeah. But, you know, I hear that you're a wacky in your own regard. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you redesigned the Australian flag twice. I have. Is that I, true? <laughs> Well, I, I've made my own flags, that's true. Um, on Australia Day, I fly my flag, not the Australian flag. That is, that is actually true. And, yeah, you know, I, look, I... Um, you should turn up to the show with your flags yeah. when he turns up with his T-shirts, just Maybe. to, you know... Well, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could actually... I mean, wasn't it disappointing in New Zealand? Oh, my goodness gracious me. And it's funny, as, as time has gone on, I've become less Republican, but more you know, more adamant about the flag. You know, on the Republic monarchy thing, I could sort of have a debate and have a discussion. And, you know, like, I, as I say, I've sort of, I've toned down my full-on Republican, you know, perspective. Uh, but on the flag, I've got more aggressive. Uh, I think that we need to, drum, I'm, it, it, for me, it's so important. It's Can an you... ad, you see. I see the flag as an ad. Yeah, it, it, and An ad for the nation. Yeah, yeah. It, says, it says, this mm. is who we are. Yeah, so... You could argue that if the constitution doesn't change, then it's more than fair that a quarter of the flag's taken up by, by the Union Jack. So there is some logic to it, of course. I just think that, uh, you know, if you, the, the flag, I don't think the flag works for us as an advertisement. That's all. I just love how you look at everything through the prism of advertising. I do. <laughs> I do. The best, I often get asked what's the best ad that um, Australia's ever made. And the best ad for Australia is, of course, the Sydney Opera House. So that is. That is an incredible advertisement, and then you think about the think about the billions and billions of dollars that the Sydney Opera House has created. You know the value that it's given back um, through its creativity. You know it's incredible.
Sure has. I mean, you and I can talk forever, Russell, but you, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to wrap at some point. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in Thank and sharing you. your letter. Okay, no problem. That's uh, Russell Howcroft, there, Executive General Manager of the Ten Network and Chairman of Think TV, and you'll be seeing him very shortly on ABC TV when the Gruen transfer returns to your screen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sesh. You can hear this program live every Sunday on ABC Local Radio Digital from 3pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Just search for ABC Sydney Radio Stream and click through to listen live. (laughs) 